Welcome, everyone, to a brand new edition of Learn About World Cuisine, the show that takes you on a culinary tour around the world each and every week. Today is all about Singapore. And I got to be honest with you, this could be the most interesting episode we've had yet. Singapore is a fascinating country. And let's get started. Each week, I give you 100 facts. And then we go through and we find out and we and we look at the most interesting ones. Gordon Ramsay once battled chefs in a cook-off in Singapore, and it turns out that he lost two out of three to the Singaporean chefs. So that was interesting. Uh, the world's cheapest Michelin star food is in Singapore. They have a food tour that allows you to taste just Michelin star dishes. I would go for that. If I was in Singapore and I, there's a food tour I can take that only lets you go around and sample Michelin star dishes, I'm in. You know what I mean? As long as the price is right, I'm there. There is no dish too weird to be sold in Singapore. Uh, basically, if you go to the Singapore, uh, I'm trying to look for the name, the Hawker Center. If you go to one of the Hawker Centers, which is actually like an outdoor food court, um, they have all kinds of different foods. And we'll get into that. I got a lot about the Hawker Centers in this. Um, but the food tour takes you on a food tour, and it's just tasting Michelin star dishes, which I would definitely be definitely be in for that. Uh, no dish is too weird. What I mean is they sell a lot of, you know, crazy dishes uh, in Singapore. Uh, Anthony Bourdain actually uh, brought a lot of attention to Singapore with one of his ex- episodes. I think it was No Reservations Required. Uh, he was in Singapore. That episode actually uh, shined a light on Singapore. And when I was doing this episode, I got to be honest with you, and you guys can send us emails, diningonadime at yahoo.com, but I got to be honest with you, I had no idea that Singapore was a major player in the food world as it is. I did not know. I knew it was a, you know, a food, it was on the food map, but I didn't know it was at this level. Craft beer, uh, they have in the uh, Hawker Mark uh, Center. They have craft beer stalls, so you can go to different stalls. That's uh, becoming a trend. Uh, so they have those in the Hawker Centers. Uh, fancy gourmet uh, cuisine is actually becoming a trend, also. So they're 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 uh, starting to trend fancy gourmet cuisine. They do a lot of twists on traditional cuisines, such as cheese fried carrot cake. Now, let me repeat that. What they do is they take a traditional dish, and they kind of jazz it up, and we have people in the food world that do that all the time. But I just read about a cheese fried carrot cake. I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) Uh, They also have a trend of fusion foods. I believe uh, 
There's a lot of fusion foods in the country. I guess it's Asian uh, fusion cuisine. The Maxwell Food Center voted favorite three years in a row. So if you're going to Singapore, or if you live near Singapore and you can visit, uh, the Maxwell Food Center was actually voted uh, best in the world three years for three years in a row. Hawker Century, are, uh, they're the open-air markets. Like I said, when you go to Singapore, the Hawker Center, and our friends in Singapore, because we do get listeners in Singapore, uh, feel free to email us, diningonadimeatyahoo.com. I might be pronouncing the whole thing wrong, just so you guys know. I woke up in the middle of the night, wrote the show, and we are actually recording this episode at like 4 a.m., so I might be mispronouncing. <laughs> I might be a little bit scrambled, so if I make a mistake, feel free to email me. Uh, But the Hawker Center, what they are is they're open-air markets, and they pretty much sell everything you can uh, get at a great price. Most of the food at a Hawker Century in Singapore uh, are under $10. You know what I mean? So when you travel to Singapore... Uh, you definitely have to go to a Hawker Center. And if I'm saying that wrong, feel free to email us. They are also very clean uh, compared to the other nations around it. So uh, Singapore, as you'll learn as we go on, uh, they keep their stuff clean. And littering in Singapore is a major fine. So Singapore makes sure they take a lot of pride in their in their stuff, and they make sure everything is very clean. The Hawker Center stalls are separated between food and drink. Now, what does that mean? Basically, you go to one stall to get your food, and then you have to wait for someone to either come take your order for a drink, or you have to go to another stall, a craft beer stall, to get your drink. So you now in other countries. When you have a food stall, uh, you know, it would have food and drink. That's not how they do them at the Hawker Centuries. Uh, they have food at one, then you have drinks at the other. Uh, Singapore, food is multicultural. Official language is English. And now this is a big deal for our travelers uh, or our business people that do business. Uh, the country is mainly English, which means when you go there, you do not have a language barrier. So when you're going to the restaurants, etc., everything is pretty much in English. And there are a lot of travelers, uh, a lot of followers to this show who are travelers that always mention that they hate the uh, language barrier in some countries. You don't have to worry about that in Singapore. Surveillance cameras are everywhere in Singapore, and I'm going to give you the population, and you'll understand why. So basically, everywhere you go, there are surveillance cameras. But let's keep in mind that this is not a big place. There are under 6 million people in in this area. Uh, But everywhere you go, they have surveillance cameras. And here's what I loved. Here's one thing I loved about Singapore. And I think this is a good idea. If I'm wrong, email us. 
but they actually put the crime rate on billboards. So say I'm traveling through Singapore and I'm in an area that I'm not familiar with. Uh, They'll have a billboard somewhere in that area that gives the stats on, you know, bicycle stolen, how many bicycles were stolen, how many break-ins, etc. And it gives everyone an idea of the kind of area they are in. And I thought that was pretty smart. Um, And my foodies that are traveling to Singapore, according to the travelers that I researched, uh, most of them say that you have to go to a hawker sentry uh, if you're a foodie because they have so much, so much, many different varieties of food. Uh, that it is, and plus some of the food, there's actually a Michelin-starred vendor at a couple of these places. So they recommend that you definitely go and look out for a Hawker Sentry. And I know this show is going to be hysterically funny if I am pronouncing that. (laughs) I did not uh, look up the phonetic spelling. <laughs> so if I'm mispronouncing that. That it, well, that would actually be very funny. But that is the place you need to go. So if you're a foodie and Singapore's on the map in the food world, it actually surprised me how popular of a foodie destination Singapore is. Uh, but if you're a foodie, uh, that is the Hawker Century is where you want to go uh, because that is they have such a large variety of food. And some of the food is Michelin rated. Uh, the government rates Hawker centuries from A to D. This is what I like too. So the governors go. Uh, the government goes into these open space markets, and they examine them from for cleanliness. And if it's rated D, that means the place is not clean. If it's rated A, that means the place is super clean. Now, here amongst the locals in Singapore, they actually prefer the D-rated Hawker sentries because they they say that the food is better at a D-rated place rather than an A-rated place, meaning that the A-rated place that is clean and gets the top grade, uh, most of the time does not have the best food, which I found that blew me away. That that was actually very interesting. Uh, they are typically located near the housing complexes where the locals live. So evidently, I've never been to Singapore, but evidently these hawker sentries are all over the country, uh, are all over the area. And uh, they normally put them in areas that are near housing complexes so that the locals can just go in right to the market and uh, get their food. Uh, According to the foodies that I did research, according to the, uh, you know, the hardcore traveling foodies, that is the place to go. Uh, that is where you want to go eat. You have to at least go to one. They say that the cleaner the stall, the less in- interesting the food. We just talked about that. They have uh, dessert stalls, too. So you know how in most countries, uh, 
you go to a, a food a food court, basically, is what this is. And you can get your food and beer. You might get a hot dog and a beer at one, you know, in one place in uh, Singapore, and they're open-air markets. Uh, one place will sell just food, and then the other place will just sell drinks. And then they also separate it into desserts. So I go to one place, I get my uh, noodle dish, then I go over to another place, I get my beer, and then I go to a third place to get my dessert. So it's not all under one uh, under one food court like most places. Very, it's a very religiously diverse country uh, place. See, the reason I'm confused is because uh, of some of the wording of the research I did. So I'm a little bit confused, but it's a very religiously diverse area. It's very culturally diverse also. Consumption of liquor. Here's an here's something. I'm I'm tr- I'm trying to lessen the times that I say interesting thing. <laughs> So you will, uh, you, I am trying to cut back on that phrase. But here's something for you. The consumption of liquor in Singapore is not allowed between 10.30 p.m. and 7 a.m. So there is no such thing as going out after 10.30 at night and going to a bar or, or getting some drinks. They cut all liquor s- sales off. At 10.30 at night to 7 a.m. But they also have billboards throughout the uh, area that remind you of that. So if you're a visitor or traveler to the the area, uh, they actually give you a billboard saying, Hey, look, just so you know, you can't buy liquor between 10.30 p.m. And 7 a.m. Okay, we're done our first sheet of, of research. Keep in mind, this show, uh, I do all the research for you. And what I do is I try to find 100 things that are interesting. Uh, l- people love this show is because I try to give you what they call in the, in the business mind-blowing facts. Uh, I, I skip over a lot of stuff that I just don't feel is interesting. So every show we do, most of the facts that I name are pretty interesting. Now on that sheet, that is our first sheet. I think the most interesting thing is that they do not sell alcohol from 10.30 at night to 7 a.m. And that is a good tip for you guys going there. Uh, if you're going to Singapore, keep that in mind. You cannot get alcohol from 10.30 at night till 7 a.m. Another thing I thought was poignant on that sheet was that they rate the government comes in and gives a rating for each hawker sentry. And if it's and according to the locals, if it's rated A as the cleanliness, the cleanest, they actually don't prefer the letter A. They would go to a place that was rated D as the dirtiest because according to the locals, uh, they find that the D-rated places have the better food, which 
I mean, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, there are hefty fines for littering. So littering is just not a, a $25 fine. It's a very large fine. Uh, legal drinking age is 18 in Singapore. Uh, here is what I want to focus on on this episode. Singapore is often referred to as one of the most expensive places in the entire world. But the hawker centers, uh, which are basically, and I'm going to keep saying the word hawker, I'm going to actually, from this point on, I'm going to refer to them as the open-air food courts. The food courts, the open-air food courts, are actually under $10. But... When you go in further into the mainland, uh, that is where they have the restaurants, and the restaurants, for the most part, are on the expensive side. So that is why overall, they think uh, they refer to Singapore as a very expensive country uh, area. I'm, I don't even know if it's a country; it's a city state, I think. Um. But that is why, and that is, and the reason being is you have the open-air food courts. They are very economical, but outside of those, it's pretty expensive uh, as far as the restaurants. If you want to hold a table in the food court, uh, you simply put your set of keys, you put a cell phone, if you have tissues in your pocket, you put that down, you put some object down on the table, and then go get your food. When people see that there's some type of object on your table, that means it's reserved for you. And that sounds bizarre, but that's actually smart. Because if I'm in a food court and I'm looking for a place to sit, and somebody has a set of keys on the table, I pretty much know that they're, th- they're going to come back to sit there. So it is a local thing that the citizens do is they'll put some kind of object, mainly a cell phone or a set of keys. Somebody said tissues. I don't know what, how that even, I guess, a box of tissues. And they put it on the table in the food court and then go get their food, and that then people that are in the food court know, hey, that table is taken. And that that makes total sense to me. Somebody said that was weird. I, You know, it makes total sense to me. Drinks are served in plastic bags with straws. I would like to see that. Uh, but they actually serve their drinks in plastic bags with a straw out of it. Some of their... Metro stations, which is the public transit, have food stores. Uh, I guess there are places in America that do that, too. But evidently, these are more like supermarket-type food stores. And that is in where the metro, uh, in in the public transportation. They have tons of specialty stores, such as stores where you can just buy cookies of all different types. Uh, The restaurants in Singapore were ranked top 10 in the entire world in 2017. I got to be honest with you, I feel embarrassed. But I knew Singapore was a uh, foodie destination because of Anthony Bourdain. 
but I had no idea the level of foodieism in Singapore. It's a major foodie spot. They have a lot of international chefs that go there to try to make a name for themselves. French cuisine, I think this is what we were talking about earlier with the fusion, and I think my mind, I told you, we're recording this at like 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. So I think my mind is a little scrambled. Uh, But we were talking about fusion foods earlier and how Singapore uh, is, that stuff is trending in Singapore. And this is a perfect example. Uh, French cuisine with an Asian twist is actually trending now in Singapore. One Michelin star was given to two hawker stalls last year. So just within the last two years, I think this was written, the article was written a year ago, uh, they gave Michelin stars to those food market, uh, the food court stall, two of them. The world's cheapest Michelin star dish is in Singapore. So the most inexpensive Michelin star dish is located in Singapore. The Hawker Century is supposedly dates back to 1979. Singapore is known for seafood. Uh, they love eating so much that the citizens declare it a national pastime. And I told you one. This is like the third time I mentioned our our great friend, Tony, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Bourdain, a uh, guy that we admire. Uh, he brought attention to Singapore. Uh, obviously, he's passed away, but I'm saying uh, he brought attention to Singapore on his show, and I believe that was the No Reservation show. Singapore Day features uh, hawker food from the food courts. It is located in between the Pacific and Indian Ocean. There are a wide variety of tropical fruits. Uh, CNN actually listed chicken rice as one of the best dishes in the world. The population of Singapore is 5.8 million. They are a parliamentary republic government. The life expectancy is 82.6 years. Red and white is the national colors. And August 9th is their national day. Now, once again... What I do for you is I spend six hours writing the show, and I pick out some of the most interesting things from each country that we cover each week. These are researched facts. I have not been to Singapore. Uh, And like I said, I do all the work for you so that you guys don't don't have to do anything. If you're traveling to the country, maybe you're a home cook and you're interested in cooking foods from different countries, and you listen to the show, I've already done the research. You just need to sit back, relax, and listen and learn. And that is the purpose of the show. I want to thank our great friends in India. We had a, hel- we had a, a great week last week. Uh, thanks to our good friends around the world. Our, our show is listened to mainly worldwide we have very few listeners in the united states uh compared to other areas of the world i think the united states we have 26 percent and the rest of our listeners are worldwide so we want to say hello 
to our great listeners around the world. India is the most popular country that listens to this show. So we want to thank our great friends in India. And if you're a first-time listener, please subscribe. Because each week, I do all the work for you. And we go to a different country every single week. And the reason that this show is on fire and literally getting a, a ton of listeners every day is because people enjoy the fact that they can learn about a different country. And I, they appreciate the work I put into the show. I put in about five hours of writing, six hours of writing. I'm a published author. I'm not one of these uh, hack food bloggers. I actually have a book uh, published. So I do all the research for you. All you need to do is relax and learn about a different country each week. We have covered the top countries in the, in the world. We've done Italy. We've done Greece. Uh, we've done France. We've done all the major countries. Today is Singapore. Let's keep going. Twelve and a half hour flight from the USA. Sentosa is the second largest island. Jurong Bird. It's the Jurong Bird Park is the largest man-made waterfall in Singapore. Singapore Zoo has over 1,000 animals. It's famous for its night races. The Fountain of Wealth in Singapore is the largest fountain in the world. They celebrate the Chinese New Year in February. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote that. I think everybody. <laughs> uh, here's a thing I want to focus on also. When you guys uh, look up Singapore and you do the research just like me, uh, you're going to find out that chewing it, it's going to tell you chewing gum is outlawed in Singapore. Uh, having gum is outlawed in Singapore. And you're going to say to yourself, that's so stupid. Uh, why would they outlaw gum? And then I did a little bit more research, and I'm like, because that is bizarre, right? When I did more research for our great listeners, I found out that they had an issue with people putting gum in public spaces. And that uh, it took them, a, it cost them a lot of money to clean that gum up. And that is one of the reasons why they have that law. There are also travelers on the Internet saying they're not going to arrest you for chewing gum. Uh, they will not let you bring chew, uh, chewing gum into the country. Uh, so that is probably where that law, quote unquote, is enforced. But there are travelers on the Internet saying, no, you know, it's not a big deal. They're not going to lock you up if you are chewing gum. You might get fined, maybe. But it's not one of them laws that are, are strictly enforced. But the reason for the law, that the reason the law was came into effect, is because there was a lot of co a high cost to clean up chewing gum that people were just putting in public space, you know, under the tables, you know, or spitting out on the street. There was a lot of cost into cleaning that up. And don't forget. Uh, littering is a huge fine in Singapore. 
So they take their cleanliness very seriously. They're very proud people that take their cleanliness very seriously. When you go to Singapore, it is custom to receive all gifts with both hands. So if someone gives you a gift in their country, you should receive it with both hands. Uh, use both your hands to receive it. I also read that when you do, when you when you hand someone something, it is considered impolite if you just do it with one hand. So basically, if I'm giving you, you know, a present, and I only hand it to you with one hand, they they consider that impolite. You got to use both hands. If I'm handing you something, whatever it may be. It is customary and to do it with both hands. So when you're giving someone something in that in that area, you want to use both hands. October first is their National Children's Day. Two and eight are considered very lucky numbers in Singapore. Uh, the staple diet of Singapore, Singaporeans, I believe is the name. Uh, the staple diet is uh, does not include dairy. So the staple diet in Singapore does not include dairy. The national anthem is printed on one of their uh, monies. So there, I think it's a thousand dollar bill or whatever in their in their money. Uh, the national anthem is actually printed on the back. 90% of their food is imported. So there's only like 7% of the food that they intake in, in Singapore from their very uh, from that very area. And uh, somebody said, well, doesn't that make it, uh, you know, isn't there food insecurity if you're bringing in 90, over 90% of the food that you consume? That is not the, the case. They actually are a very secure na uh, nation when it comes to food uh, because they have such tight allies. Uh, so the people that are importing the food to them, uh, they have a tight-knit uh, relationship with, and it's to the point where the, there are no food insecurities, even though over 90% of the food is not from their, their area. I don't know. Like I said, I think it's a city-state. Uh, I keep calling, I keep saying country. I might be wrong. I didn't research that before, <laughs> before we started the show. So we're just going to call it an area. <laughs> uh, it is considered, I'm reading here now, it is considered a city state, which means Singapore is the city and the state. Around 25% of of the area today was not there when it was at its independence when it got its independence so it it has gained 25% of land car ownership is a major luxury now here is a here is something for you there was so much congestion on the roads because of all the vehicles that they actually implemented, uh, they made cars so outrageously high that 
only the wealthy can afford them. But that's actually smart if you think about it. So basically, there was so much congestion on the roads with the cars that what they did was they were like, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll make cars so unaffordable that only the wealthy can buy them. And, you know, and that is because of the congestion that they used to have. They used to have a very big issue uh, with congestion, and that is why. So the car, to own a car, uh, you know, you can, you you have to have a lot of money. So to own a car in in Singapore. It is the second most densely populated place in the entire world. Think about that. The second most densely populated area in the entire world is Singapore. Which means there are people and people and people. It's it's they're all crammed together. And it is the second most densely populated area in the entire world. One of the highest percentage of green space is in Singapore. Multiple free walking tours. So if you guys are traveling to Singapore, and keep in mind, 70, like 78% of the audience that listens to this show does not live in the USA. They live around the world. So if you're in another country right now, and you are planning to go to Singapore, or you have a wish to go to Singapore, uh, keep in mind there are a lot of free walking tours that you can do over there. Because there is no space in their country, because they're the second most densely populated area in the world, uh, because of that, uh, they are actually building farms overseas. So there's no room in their area to build a farm. So they're actually building farms in other countries such as China. 80% of people live in government housing, and the government owns 80% of the land. So once again, we are on fact number 75. Uh, the chewing gum issue, once again. When you do the research and you research Singapore, a lot of talk about this chewing gum being banned in the country. Uh, just so you know, I dug deeper because I think that is something interesting. And I found out it's because of the cost that it was costing them to clean up gum. Think about it. You're sitting at a bus stop. You got gum in your mouth. A lot of people, and you know who you are, and you know exactly who you are. <laughs> a lot of people take the gum out of their mouth and they put it under the you know the seat of the, you know on the bench uh, on the bench of the bus. A lot of people do that, so they probably had an issue. Keep in mind, it's under six million people live uh, population, so they probably you know had that issue. Uh, and uh, not every week we don't every week we don't talk about countries with a hundred million. You know, citizens. This is a country under six million, and they have those issues. So that that was probably the one takeaway from that page. I also thought the numbers two and eight are considered lucky numbers. 
And 90% of the food being imported, keep in mind that most people that hear that 90% of the food consumed in a country is not from the country, it's from other countries, they might tie that into food insecurity. That is not the case. Singapore has very good relationships with the countries that bring them the food. And another thing, if you're a first-time listener, I try to keep all these shows under 45 minutes, and I've been a little chatty-patty because we're doing this show at at 4 o'clock in the morning. So I'm actually running over. I promised everybody. All of our shows will be done in less than 45 minutes. We're at the 37-minute mark. So I want to wrap this up. we got 25 more. Very popular in the country to text and walk at the same time. Finding people is very common. So in Singapore, they really, uh, they really uh, do find people. You know, if they catch you doing something that's not allowed, you do get fined. It ranks low in freedom of expression. One in three restaurants in Singapore are out of business within three years. Airport, the airport was voted best in the world seven years in a row. Most powerful passport in all of the world, which means if you get a passport in Singapore, it's, it's good for 189 countries. It's good for around the world. Uh, the zoo has a night safari, so if you are traveling there, keep in mind that their zoo is famous. They have night safaris, which I heard was really cool. They won the first gold medal in swimming in 2016. It's ranked one of the most expensive cities to live in. We touched on, on that. It's changed its time zone six times. It's one of the 20 smallest countries in the world. Maximum, there's a maximum limit to how tall they can have a building. Voted fastest pedestrians in the world. That means they actually tracked the speed of the people in the country. country, And they were the fastest pedestrians in the entire world. There's a free movie screening at the airport. The the airport was voted best in the world seven years ago, uh, seven years in a row. And they actually have a section of the airport where you can watch movies for free. Uh, it is illegal to not flush the public toilet. Well, I would have been arrested 20,000 <laughs> Uh So that is a law they have. You, you have to flush a public toilet. There's a ban on long hair for males. It's the fifth least corrupt city in the entire world. I think this was big in the news, but caning is that, you know, caning is actually legal in Singapore. Mandatory military service for men as soon as they turn 18. So you have to serve two years in the military. It's the fifth largest arms importer. There are two new restaurants that open every day. The national symbol is a lion. Uh, there's a lake inside of a mall. I'm going to say that again because that blew my mind. There's a lake inside of a mall in Singapore. Uh, elevators have urine detection. Now, the, the, keep in mind, you're talking about a place with under 6 million people. So they actually have urine detection devices inside the elevator. And if the urine detection device 
detects urine in any form. It locks the elevator door till the police come. I know that sounds very crazy, but that is what they have. And, and once again, you're talking about a country that is under 6 million people. They can do stuff. You know what I mean? That is probably an issue they have. Government spends 20% of monies collected on education. So once again, we are at the 40-minute mark, so I'm going to wrap this up. All of our shows will be no longer than 45 minutes, and this is the longest show we've done in quite some time, and that's because it's 4 o'clock in the morning here, and I think I was a little chatty today. Good news for you is I won't be spending an hour plugging uh, you know, the show, but I will end the show. That was our 100 facts. If you're a first-time listener, Please subscribe to our show. We're everywhere. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Learn World Cuisine on Facebook. Uh, Look us up. Go to Instagram. I got tons of food photos. K2J2W on Instagram. I want to thank everyone. Another great week last week. Keep in mind that this, this show has gone from obscurity this past October, then now we're a major player. And that is because of the great friends around the world. And we want to thank everyone for their support of this show. Uh, There was a time in October of 2020 where we were going to cancel the show uh, because this show had very little listeners. And then all of a sudden, since October, this show has been on fire. Uh, we're to the point where we're a major player. If you want to be a guest on the show, email us, diningonadime at yahoo.com, and you can get promoted on this great show. I have phone equipment. Obviously, most of you are listening around the world. I have phone equipment. We can do a phone interview, and you can be a guest on the show. Keep in mind that we were in basically obscure just a few months ago. Now we are a major player, and that's because of our great friends around the world. And we want to thank you for listening. If you're a first-time listener, please subscribe. Uh, What I do is I take a different country each week. I do six hours of research. I'm not a hack blogger. I'm a published author, okay? Uh, I do research. uh, I do a ton of research, about six hours. I pick out the most interesting things that I see, and then we tell you about them each week, and we pick a different country each week. Go to our platform. Download 20,000 shows if you want. We have about 38 shows on each podcast platform. If you're a first-time listener, please subscribe. Uh, Every week we'll have a different show. Our next show after today, so if you're listening to this show between Sunday and Friday, we're going to have a new show this coming Friday. If you have a suggestion for us to do a show, just send us an email, diningonadime at yahoo.com. If you listen to the show and you're like, I can't stand this show, I hate the guy hosting the show, send us an email. Let us know. Uh, We love all feedback, good or bad. If you really want to be fun and you want to have some fun and you really want to criticize the show, go to Philly Restaurant Reviews with an S. Dot com and uh, read one of my restaurant reviews and just put a comment on it. Say, hey, look, I think you're a moron. 
<laughs> I approve all comments. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, it doesn't matter what it says, good or bad. Uh, you want to leave a comment about the show, you can either email us at diningonadime at yahoo.com. If you have negative or positive things to say, feel free to go to my website, phillyrestaurantreviewswithaness.com. 99.9% of the people love this show. Uh, we've only had maybe one negative comment uh, in 38 shows, but I'm open to all comments. Uh, somebody gave us a low rating because uh, they thought the one show we did was too long. And this show is long, so I'm going to wrap it up. And But the only negative comment we have had about this show is because I went on like a chatty patty, and the show ended up being like uh, almost an hour. We will talk to you on Friday. We're going, to, But it was not about the content of the show. It was about the length of the show. All right, once again, we will talk to you again and, uh, by, on Friday. If you're listening to the show between Sunday and Friday, keep in mind, look on the platform again because we're going to have a brand-new show on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. We want to thank our great friends around the world. 78% of the people, uh, of the listeners of this show are listening from around the world, and we want to thank everybody. Subscribe to the show. Have a great week.